Welcome to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast for women who want to experience intimate relationships and sex that are pleasurable and passionate, happy, thriving and deeply fulfilling. With my very special guest experts guiding lights and pioneers in their specialist areas, we'll be breaking down the myths, exploring the difficult stuff, the good stuff and seeing what's possible for love, sex and intimacy at this time of rapid change. In these candid and intimate conversations, I'll be bringing you the best of sex and relationship education, full of practical ways to support and inspire change in your intimate life. I'm your host, Sarah Rosebright. Whether you're curious about what's possible or you're already committed to exploring, I'm so happy you are here. Thank you for joining me for this episode with Olivia Bryant, founder of Self Cervix. And Olivia's work is just incredible. She's at the forefront for reclaiming the cervix. And she talks about why we know so little about it, what the cervix is, how to find yours, and how to start to explore your cervix and why it takes time to do this. She also gives us a glimpse into the psychedelic qualities of cervical orgasms and talks so eloquently about the importance of owning your self-worth and having a committed relationship with yourself. I really hope you enjoy this very enlightening conversation. Welcome to today's podcast episode. And I'm super, super excited to introduce Olivia Bryant, founder of Self Cervix. And Self Cervix is a global movement that reclaims the cervix as a powerful organ (laughs) for orgasm and awakening. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. Excited to talk about this topic. I'm so excited to hear about this topic. So I always love to start with some background. So tell me about you and how you got into this work with the cervix. Yes. Okay. So it's funny. I was just making something this evening where I was sharing that I never, ever planned to talk about this. I couldn't even imagine in a million years that I would be talking about how to experience cervical orgasm and work with the cervix. Um, I was pretty stuck in my own sexual journey. I was at, at um, in my 20s and then in my 30s, I trained in sexology, but it was really for me because I was so shut down. I was, um, came from a pretty, yeah, I think many of us come from families where it wasn't really done to talk about sex. It wasn't that safe in the family home to talk about sex. It was all awkward. Um, but I was definitely always into it. I have memories from extremely young being very sexual. I'm sure many of us have those memories as well, but definitely from my teenagers, it just shut off. And um, it took me until the end of a relationship in my twenty in my twenties to to realize like wow, you know I'm actually quite an expressive person, but this area of my life feels completely shut down and locked. So I spent the next um, I guess fifteen years going on my own, just my own personal journey, and then in my thirties I trained in sexology to be a sex coach, and I started sex coaching mainly to help people with shame because by that stage I'd overcome shame but I was still very stuck orgasmically like I had like I was using a you know a very big vibrator (laughs) to to feel anything like you know it was a touchy magic wand which is it was an awesome tool like at the time um but I didn't realize until this work uh yet that it actually really kind of conditioned me to such intense stimulation that you know, I couldn't feel anything on the inside much. I mean, sex was okay, but, you know, I'd read about these experiences of, you know, beautiful divine unions with sex. And, you know, I have a background in tantric philosophy. So I understand that the body can be used as a vessel to connect back to the source. But I thought, well, that is all sounds very nice. And it sounds very like dreamlike, but it's not my experience. Like that won't be for me. That'll be for other people that are freer and more liberated and more lucky. And, you know, um, and so I'm just going to work on shame and help people with some shame. But anyway, even that was too hard in the end. And I thought I'm going to quit sex altogether because I just found like a mountain of misogyny and a mountain of like, it is huge. The shadow of sexuality is is as big as the light. The thing is, we're more we're way more 
um, we have a lot more information about the shadow of sexuality, you know, and how bad it can get. We have no way near explored how light and beautiful it can get. And I just, I am so blessed to be able to be exploring that particular side of it. So um, when I decided I was going to quit, I um, had ended a relationship and I went to Bali and I thought, well, uh, my pelvis was in so much pain. I was so literally like closed for business. <laughs> and um, I went and I had a bodywork session internal just to try to like, you know, make some space and, and like, oh, like heal, yeah, heal, I guess. And uh, the body worker had his finger on my cervix and was like, do you feel anything? And I just couldn't feel a thing, not a thing. And because I understood by now, because of my research, that the cervix is highly, he's got highly innovated. There's three sets of paired nerves connecting into the cervix, which is the most uh, the most highly innovated part of your uh, gen reproductive and sexual organ organs. So it is very sensitive and yet mine was numb. And I thought, isn't that interesting? And I wonder why I can't have these, you know, internal orgasms or deeper experiences of orgasms because I'm numb. And so I went on a training regime, like a personal training regime. I literally have memories. I took a photograph of throwing my massive vibrator out <laughs> um, because I realized like I'd been 100% conditioned to this extreme sense, sensation, stimulation on, the external, on my external genitals, on my clitoris. But inside, I didn't have much of a relationship to it. And... So my training was like starting to feel inside with my fingers, which for many people is pretty confronting. Um, and then even touching my cervix, I'd never touched my cervix for the first three weeks. I thought I was touching my cervix, but I actually wasn't. It wasn't until one day I decided to, you know, just go wild inside of my vagina that I found it on the totally on the left side. And, um, and started this process, but because I was so numb, I just forgot my practice and I just got bored and I didn't practice anymore because when you're numb inside and, and you're sort of trying for pleasure, but you're stimulating yourself on the inside and you don't feel much, it's not very exciting. You feel like you're never gonna feel pleasure again and it's very discouraging. So I, I actually stopped and then, I thought, wow, maybe there's other people that want to explore this with me. So I started a, a group on Facebook, an event, and I was like, hey, you want to you want to stimulate your cervix with me for 21 days? <laughs> and I thought it would be like 12 people in Melbourne, and it was um, 1,200 people from around the world in a weekend joined this group. Like, and I just had to close the doors and be like, no, 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 we're not accepting any more people coming in because honestly, it was it was an experience of everybody staring at me like okay what do we do and me going I have no idea but let's let's figure it out and that was six years ago um nearly six and a half years ago now so a lot has happened since then so yeah that's the background wow, what an incredible story <laughs> <laughs> wow and so Tell me, I, I mean, it's a huge conversation, but what have you learned about the cervix? I mean, yeah. the cervix isn't talked about in a lot of sexual communities. It's like sort of the final frontier on one level. Tell me what Absolutely. you... I mean, that's how I say it. And, and the reason why I want to share that story is because I want people to know, like, you know, most of us are sitting with an experience of like, oh, these experiences that I'm speaking about, you know, with cervical orgasm and stellar lovemaking, these feel in just unachievable, unattainable, like a lot of pressure and I'll never get there. And I'm share, I share my story because, you know, I've done the healing work. I've what everybody can have this experience. So, you know, that's, I guess, one of the main things that I understand about the cervix is that it's, we are conditioned to understand the cervix in one particular way. And that is medicalized. 
It is, you know, you go to your gynecologist if you're having issues. You have your cervix biopsied. You have pap smears. Um, you know, your cervix goes, you could have a let's or a leap procedure, which is the lasering. Um, you could have the cone bio, you know, there's a lot that happens to the cervix, hysterectomies. And then there's birthing conversation, um, which is a beautiful function of the cervix. But, you know, it's, it's, it's very medicalized in general. It's always somebody else touching your cervix to see if everything's okay. And there isn't, so, the, so, so we're, there's a massive piece of our understanding that's left out of the collective consciousness. So why would you include your cervix in consciously in your self-pleasure or in your um, partnered sex life if you have no idea that it has any potential to, to be pleasurable. So for most of my life, it just didn't even factor. And it was only when I started growing in my awareness, like, oh, okay, so this is a very sensitive part of the body. Makes sense. It's, it's how we are birthed into the world usually. Um, and, and so it's very sensitive. So what happens if I start to include it in my self-pleasure? And, and, you know, initially, I'm going to say some people will experience not a lot happens. And it's really boring and confronting because shame will come up, might come up because you're going inside of yourself. That might bring up some taboo or it might bring up some kind of um, repulsion. That's a very common experience. Um, yeah. So there, is a, there can be a lot of resistance. But then over time, you might have people that are like, oh, actually, I, I can feel something there. And it starts to glimmer awake, glimmer awake over time. Some people, it's an instant. But I, I think that for most of us, because of disassociation, lack of education, shame and trauma, for most of us, it's kind of a, a bit of a, an absent area bit of a dark spot in our in our in our pleasure education and even in the medical community even in the medical community mm. so they not they think that the cervix is only function during sex and orgasm is like the upsuck motion so the contraction that causes the sperm to move into the into the cervix so it's usually like obviously its function is in collaboration only with male sperm you know, it actually can be orgasmic. With it doesn't, it's got nothing to do with that necessarily. Mm. And, and thank you for putting it in the context of the medicalization, because I love what you shared. In I, I looked on the website around the, the history of the cervix and the science piece and how Kinsey, in whenever was it be the thirties, was researching the cervix and found. Well, I'd love you to tell the story of that actually and the, the history of it because it's really important. Yes, so Alfred did this amazing, you know, huge, one of the, I think it might have been one of the first major pieces yeah. of sex research in the 50s. And he had that, like, like a, thousands of people, you know, taking part in this survey report. And his findings on the cervix were really interesting because he had them, people with cervixes, um, apply different pressure to the cervix, either you know, like strong, steady pressure or like with a cotton bud. And he reported that nobody felt anything, basically. So he reported the cervix as a numb organ in the body, as not feeling anything. But in actual fact, people did report feeling something with the um, pressure. And he actually misreported his own findings which I don't understand why he would do that, but he misreported his own findings. And, and so what he ended up, because we can see his own findings. You can actually see the results of his research and then you can see what he's written about his research. But, but so what the medical community has done is taken what he said as basically hearsay and that formed the basis of understanding of the cervix from the 1950s onwards. And I've had debates in forums i've given up now i don't care 
who had debates and forums with female doctors about this. I've said, here's the research. Here's, here's Kinsey's research. Here's Commissaric and Ripple's research on, on the nerves and the orgasmic nature of the cervix. But they don't want to know. They're so rigidly stuck in the past. Makes no sense to me why female doctors wouldn't want to kind of champion for more for us. Because I feel like that's what this is about. It's like when we don't know that there's more, how do we know that there's more? <laughs> so when, what I'm doing is I'm saying there's more, there's more, there's more. A lot of people read that as pressure. Like, oh my God, I, you know, like, why do we have to be so orgasm focused? And I agree, like there's a lot more to sex and sexual intimacy than just the orgasm. But part of my, I feel my responsibility is to say, you know, this is, this is a possibility in your body. Whether you reach it in this lifetime or not, don't know. It's going to depend on so many factors. But, but we can start to understand this and integrate it as part as a valid part of our sexual response now. And maybe we might experience it in this lifetime. Maybe our daughters might experience it in this lifetime, in their lifetimes. But the conversation has to move forward. Mm, beautiful. Absolutely. And I'd love to hear just you talk about what the cervix is, because yes, maybe there's people that don't know exactly what the cervix is. And I know it's yeah. not so uh, easy to do when we don't have a video, but to yeah. no, sort that's of cool. talk about the anatomy of the cervix. Yeah. And yeah, thank you. Totally. And a lot of people I know, they don't know what the cervix is unless they've birthed and they've been through an experience of birthing or um you know um a colleague of mine you know she came to me one day and she was like oh I don't I'm really embarrassed to say that I thought I had a growth inside of my vagina <laughs> and I was going to all these doctors and no one could tell me what it is and I finally went to this doctor and he was like no it's your cervix it's not a growth it's your cervix so if you don't know what your cervix is or where it's at, you know, it's like understandable because we don't get taught. So you've got your uterus going in there and your, um, your, your cervix forms is the neck of your uterus. So it's what the cervical spine comes. It's the same. It's the neck of the, the uterus. Okay. The cervical spine is your neck, right at your neck. And the cervix um, protrudes into the vagina. So, um, so it feels different than the tissue of the rest of your vagina. It's kind of harder. And um, if you were to reach in or if you were to touch it, if you were to touch the, the tip of your nose, it has a similar feeling. It has like a, a ridgy feeling, um, like a little mini donut inside there and your cervix will move or your whole uterus moves um, according to where you're at in your cycle when you bleed it goes low and when you're ovulating it moves up high and when you're sexually aroused your cervix will move out of the way so your whole uterus lifts it's drawn in by a, drawn up by a ligament and what tends to happen if if you're not if a person with a cervix or a woman is not is not aroused enough, then the uterus doesn't lift enough, and so we end up getting whacked at the cervix. And if you've ever felt that sharp pain during sexual intercourse, it's probably your cervix getting whacked. Mm -hmm. So one thing that the cervix has taught me is like, if you want me to be sensitive. If cervix this is a cervix speaking if you want me to be sensitive if you want me to feel and if you want me to orgasm you're going to have to make sure you start treating me like this sacred jewel inside of your vagina and do not let anybody enter you until you are fully ready to receive them receiving somebody else into your body has nothing to do with them it is all and only to do with your readiness and your consent. And I think that can be very easy to go along with our partner's arousal 
or we want to please, or we think we should be aroused in a particular time frame, and we override what is true and real for us. We have these pornographic expectations that we're just hot and ready and wild instantly. And, you know, we, um, our partners and potentially ourselves are not educated in the realities of what female arousal looks like. It can be very slow, it can be very fast, or it can be very slow. And, it, and, and, and to honor and to protect the cervix, to protect this jewel in the crown, essentially, it's to really start to understand, okay, you know, your, your vagina will actually tell you when she's ready to receive. <clears throat> and, it's, and, it's, and it's staying true to that rather than true to what your mind thinks and tells you you should do, or even if you're really in love with the person, you can't understand why you're not arousing properly and you think you should, you know, it's like staying very true to what the experience is. You know, I've had experiences, especially early on in my journey. Oh, I've had so many experiences. <laughs> so many, I've had so many learning experiences. I've learned through mistake after mistake. And, you know, one of my first mistakes was, you know, I was recovering it was not long after I started this, actually. It was three or four months and I was still recovering from the previous relationship and probably wasn't ready to have sex with someone, but I met this really cool guy and I really was attracted to him. And I remember thinking, you know, I really want to have sex. I really want to have sex. I really want to move on from this past. I really want to be here. And so I was kind of all will driven and the sex was terrible because I just actually wasn't really ready and I wasn't really there. And I've had other experiences where, you know, I've had periods of celibacy because, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't find, I, I, I don't know why. Let's just say my story at the time was I wasn't putting myself out there enough. So therefore I wasn't meeting somebody who could meet me. I felt could meet me. One day my friend said, Livia, you've got to get off the, you've got to get off the fence. Just go out there, put yourself on Tinder. <laughs> go out there and get laid. And she's completely different from me. 100%, 100% different. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. Did it next night. So easy to get laid. Who knew? And it was terrible, terrible. This person, yes, he was sexy yes he was charming but he had absolutely no sexual skill no sensitivity and I at that stage didn't have the confidence to um to know how to to create an experience for my cervix and for the ultimate sexual experience that the experience that I'm sharing with you now was actually ended up being an experience of sexual assault so that was kind of like universe giving me a bit of a, a slap. Like it's time for you to start really putting your action where your words are. Because I was talking a lot about empowerment and I was talking a lot about asking for what you want and boundaries and how to create these experiences. But I was still lacking in my own self-esteem to walk into these random experiences and, and have a very different way of approaching sex. And it was that experience that ended up in sexual assault that made me go, okay, I've, I've, I hear you loud and clear. There is nothing that is more important than having a clear, um, clear boundaries and clear understanding about what what you what you what you're willing to receive and not what you want and what you don't and having the self-worth to express it so that was a big turning point so I suppose I'm saying that because you know I want to say like I'm I've had I've made big mistakes and I've got myself in big trouble you know trying to be you know what I think many women I'm not sure about all people with cervixes but I'm just going to say people who align with with womanhood can fall us fall into these 
you know, very uh, intergenerational traumatic patterns of pleasing and sacrificing. And, you know, I'm one of them. And I'm still learning how in other areas of my life, how to like exercise that pattern out of my being. So I love the cervix so much because this, this not only is the cervix, this like incredible portal of awakening, but also when you are truly um, loyal to and committed to having a healthy sensate cervix, then yeah, you have to be empowered. You must speak. You must speak up, and um, and that's a journey in itself. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's a huge journey, and you know, hands up, full disclosure, I've been on that journey and still am myself. And the amount of times when I've said yes to things when I've really meant no or not been able to voice them, I've had my cervix been banged and not been able felt able to say anything, all sorts of different things, and it is such a key part of the picture and I think that's why the self-practice as well is so important mm -hmm. to really come home to your body and that deep listening mm -hmm. and deep connection because I know for me I didn't know what my body needed and mm -hmm. I didn't understand that my pleasure was valid and that I could build and create and have a voice for my pleasure so that's it's so just a huge journey isn't it yeah and you say self and you can say like my self-pleasure practice but also my sense of my, 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 my self-worth practice. Yeah. Like I have an entire program called self-partnership because I realized like part of the issue, it's beyond the bedroom. It's like dealing with our relationship to self, you know, the trauma that we inherit from grandmother and mother that we continue to bring into our, into our lives. And it's like really learning how to develop a new um, loving and consistent relationship with self that allows you to have these conversations even if the person walks out the door even if the person laughs in your face even if the person doesn't care even if the person doesn't understand what you're talking about what is nothing more important than your in in integrity and your commitment to you know your own self-care and what matters for you and you know the right person you know what works for you going to work for them you know roles a hundred percent or they'll walk out the door or they'll leave and thank god you want them out. <laughs> absolutely so with the cervix how um for somebody listening who is curious to explore this area of their body how might they start and i know you offer a wonderful wonderful programs and i'll share the links for those in the show notes where you take women on a community of women on these journeys together so yeah just I'd love to hear about that and and how someone might start on their own yeah so um so oh just going back to when I was starting on my own actually um so I've shared how you know that you're on your cervix so I've shared what it feels like and I want to say you know the anatomy pictures that you'll see of a uterus and a cervix. It will look like you put your finger right up your vagina and your cervix will be vertically at the top. And I don't think I've met a person who's had their cervix vertically at the top. It's funny, a lot of us have our cervixes right over to the left on the left-hand side wall. So I guess I'm saying, you know, you have to probably explore to see where your cervix is. Some people might have it inverted and it might be quite hard to feel because it's right in the back where they find it hard to feel. But most people, you can feel it, but you have to search a bit. So what you want to do when you explore your cervix, make sure you have a lubricated finger, make sure you're in an uninterrupted safe space and you need to kind of uh, squat I can squat because I'm quite flexible or you can actually sit on the toilet, which isn't very glamorous or sexy, but it's a way if you're not very flexible that you can, that you can reach your cervix without having to go into a squat position. The, the theory, you, the idea is you just need to be able to shorten your torso enough that your arm can reach down and in and your finger can go up. 
So usually squatting, you know, if you're on, if you're on your back and you are quite flexible, you can put your, your butt right up on pillows, legs bent way back and then reach down and under or toilet. So, um, so those are the ways that I would suggest reaching for your cervix. If you find, you know, for some people doing a self self-examination like that, like feeling inside and exploring inside, or even definitely pleasuring inside, it can bring up, like I said at the beginning, some, some really uncomfortable feelings. And I always say that this journey, it's really about who you meet in yourself along the way. Rather than it being about a destination or a goal, I think it's a journey about personal development. So if this comes up for you and it's you're finding yourself feeling very judgmental or repulsive, repulsed or yeah, icked, or just, you know, just look at that and be like, okay, wow, why is this coming up for me that I I find it very difficult to go inside of myself? Or, you know, I find I'm repulsed by this experience. So consider that this isn't yours and that this is very, very old. And this is part of a, a very old conditioning. And so be compassionate and take the time that you need to, to, to give yourself permission that it's okay to go to these places on your own. In fact, this belongs to you. This is your body. And if the doctors can go touch it, if your lovers can go touch it, by all means, it should be up to you to touch it first and foremost. So, um, and then we actually sell one specific for um, reaching the cervix. But the thing is, if you don't know what, what your cervix feels like or what the general area feels like, you know, the, the wonders it's not connected to your sensory experience. So it can be quite still quite hard to feel unless you know what the area feels like. So I can feel my cervix. I know when I'm on my cervix with my wand because I know what my cervix feels like. I know what it feels like around my cervix. But if you're just new to it, you might have no idea. So I always suggest, you know, touching with your fingers first. It's the most empowering way to go and it will give you a direct sensate connection. Yep. And I also want to say that some people take ages before they actually find their cervix, you know, so you might not find it first time. It's okay. Keep looking. And so really hearing that this is a journey that takes time. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that is one of the hardest challenges for me and, and this work is that we're used to and wanting things to just hurry up, hurry up and hurry up and give me the experience. Yeah. you know instant gratification culture and the cervix just isn't that it just isn't it's like slow it's slow sex it's slow and sensitive it's you know if you've spent you know 20 years 25 30 40 50 years not in relationship to this part in the body you just got to give it the time you know it took me it took me four years of directly working directly mm. to work in my mm. I think towards the end of my fourth year I, the, towards the end of the first year I started feeling differences and it gradually slowly started shifting but it wasn't until my fourth year that I started having like the beginnings of cervical orgasm mm -hmm. but that's just me and I want to just be really clear like I come from a particular background you know I'm I'm an anxious type of person so I tend to hold a lot in my body so that my journey could be way longer than many other people's journeys I have no idea it's, there's no there's no you know I think one thing that I'm always suspicious by is when I see these things like um you know three 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 steps to this or like you know three steps to having a cervical orgasm or like three steps <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, I think I've just written something that says 10, 10, 10 steps to interstellar <laughs> sex. But like, I think, you know, that is ironic because there, it's not about that. It's, it's so detailed and every single body is different. What I can provide is a general map 
And then everybody is going to, you know, take the map and go, how does this work in me? And what works for me? There is no one way. So people look at me and they're like, just tell me how, just tell me how. And I'm like, okay, I can give you tools. It's kind of like falling asleep. Someone can tell you to like, you know, have low lighting. Don't look at your screens after nine o'clock. Make sure you don't drink caffeine. But they can't teach you how to fall asleep. It just happens miraculously when you're not looking. Yeah, and I discovered them when I was by accident with my partner because we were just exploring super slow lovemaking and then these just sensations just came out of nowhere and it was just like suddenly my cervix woke up. I had a bit of a relationship, but it was only sensation-based rather than pleasure-based. And then just suddenly my cervix woke up and it was just like, whoa, what was that? (laughs) Yes, and I bet you if you've been going... Just want to have a cervical orgasm. Where's my cervical orgasm? If you were like really locked into watching, yeah. it would have been a way, it would have probably just kept sliding out of your grasp. Yeah. It's like you gotta like be so present and enjoying of what is there. Do you know, train your body, heal your body, sensitize your body, learn about what you what you like and how you like to be touched get confidence in how to speak about this, practice on yourself. And then at the end of the day, it's kind of out of your hands and you sort of have to let go of a lot of technique. You have to let go of a lot of the things that you've so-called learned and, and, and relax into the moment and trust that, you know, all these things that have been doing it in your body. So, you know, most, most of the self-service work, most of my work was about, um, creating more sensation inside of myself so I spent majority of the journey just trying to find become more sensitive you know and then and then I had to kind of just ultimately you know and and then learning a few particular practices but then ultimately it's stepping out of the way which is pretty beautiful because then your body just takes over pretty beautiful and often the hard part (laughs) because here's the thing we're so used to controlling yeah. and the idea of surrender, being vulnerable, being that vulnerable and surrendering that much to the nervous system that is not robust or is not kind of practiced or not trained or it can feel like a shock. And what the nervous system will do is like, being like no, 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 you cannot and try to control the situation. You might control by coming back into your head or by distracting yourself or by focusing on the other person or like you know um you know shutting down whatever you whatever you do it's like to to avoid surrendering completely into the moment you know it's a whole different paradigm of 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 lovemaking because what we're really taught about lovemaking is it's for making babies you know like it's pleasure yes Pleasure, yes. Lovely pleasure. But also mainly the goal in, is in this, you know, human world is to reproduce. And then we get into these other stages, states, which is completely um, almost anti-biology because you have to sort of subvert the part of yourself that like the horny part that just wants to go for the climax. You have to be like, no, 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 slow down. We're not, we're just meandering now. We're just enjoying. We're just exploring. We're just feeling. That's all we're doing, just feeling, you know? And, and then, and that's really kind of anti your biology. So it, it's a bit of a leap, you know, going, going into a state of true surrender where you're no longer wanting to have a goal and control the goal. You're just kind of, letting go into something bigger than you that's i don't know how to describe it <laughs> that's a beautiful way that's a beautiful way and and how would you describe for people listening uh, a cervical orgasm how uh, how that differs from other types of orgasm yeah it comes up a lot and it, i i gotta say i sometimes hesitate because 
I don't want people to start looking for it because they'll start looking for my experience. And then as soon as they look for my experience, they've lost it. Mm. So what I want to say is that they're all different. They're all different depending on what kind of person, what kind of human you are. Like some people are very visual. Some people are very kinesthetic. My experience, here's what I think I can say that might be universal to all of, well, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> myself because I've had because I think that there are also kind of different levels like there's these psychedelic experiences where there is you just leave and you know in my experience it's like I become a light body I just become a flash and I become like a I become you know so the it looks like two bodies just joined and completely still nothing is happening but we are just we are just in a different world together and it feels just like a light body and and what i understand is that my partner was experiencing the same things as me so we're we're in the same field but i've also i don't you know see i can't even tell if the next one that i'm going to share with you is a cervical orgasm but i can say it was the, the stimulation was on my cervix but this is what I feel like a lot of people experience as a cervical orgasm is like a like um like a long expanding experience of bliss that is just like rolling on a beautiful ocean of pleasure <laughs> that is i've experienced that as well and i remember saying at the time oh my god this feels i'm just in heaven right now i was in heaven and i was kind of like <laughs> <laughs> like a drunkard like a drunkard <laughs> like saying I'm just in heaven. <laughs> but we were probably more we were more on planet earth with each other the other experience that i'm talking about when you just kind of disappear I mean, that is what I'm sharing is like a DMT kind of um, experience where it's like, like a dream. Um, so until there is some actual concrete science studied on this, we can only assume. But it's very, very difficult to measure. So mm. we can only compare like psychedelic experiences and what they sound like and feel like to these experiences. But I suppose what I would say to people wondering, it's like, what does it feel like that's different? I would say, do not look for a clitoral orgasm. Do not look for, you know, um, kind of a shallower internal orgasmic experience. This is very, very deep, deep, deep. And it's not a, a, like a climax where you kind of go, ah, 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 ah. it's not like that at all, where there's this rise to a peak. It's like this deep groan rolling, like it just goes nowhere. It just goes where it is. It's like a state of being rather than somewhere to go. And, you know, when I'm in the, in the sort of, sort of um, when I'm having this light body experience, I'm not breathing at all. I've completely disappeared. There's no breath. And it reminds me of um, the French, how they say, la petite morte. <laughs> death and that's kind of what it's like it's like a little death so i think when i was beginning i was sort of looking for an experience similar to clitoral orgasm like a climax where you sort of rise in your sexual energy and your peak this is different this is just a slow meandering build of sexual energy that kind of expands and just can you know expands and rolls and expands and you only need to stop when you run out of steam <laughs> you know there's no kind of sort of kind of quick climax and then you're done you know it's just not like that it's different so yeah. I just kind of don't like getting into the I don't I know it's sort of useful but I try to sort of stay away from my specific experience because I've, I've collected over a hundred experiences from people with cervical orgasms and they're all different. They're so different. I like to, you know, once when I've 
I would say one, if you've been, if you've touched your cervix, excuse me, if you're doing some work, you know, internal work. So you've started to move either equal focus between your clitoris and your internal or the majority of your focus internal, right? So you've started developing that neural pathway. When your lover is on your cervix or when, you're, when you think you're on your cervix, if you're on your own, just register that and imagine your brain connecting down to that point and breathe down to it and let go into it and relax your body more and more. Relax your body more and more into that point. Just let it open up for you. It's mm -hmm. sort of not an experience of trying or pushing. It's an experience of letting go. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. And I think that's just so important to really emphasize how different our experiences all are. Yeah. And this different way of being with our pleasure, that's not what we learn from diving onto the energy and chasing it and pushing it and all of these things. It's exactly the opposite. And pleasure will open out in different ways just from following that alone. And that was really confusing for me, you know, because I'd followed some traditional paths. And I just felt like I couldn't. I couldn't work it out. Like I felt like I was pushing for something or pulling for something or like trying hard or something. I don't know. And I had all these in workshops. I was in these rooms of all these, you know, people like breathing or pulling up the energy or pulling up the energy. And I was just like, I don't understand. I just would walk out like either feeling inadequate or feeling like I was tense and tense. I didn't understand all I needed to do was to figure out how to be more and more in my body and just more and more in my naturalness, mm. you know, just more, less, less trying, less thinking, just more feeling and more mm. accepting, you know, just more accepting of what's happening, loving myself, loving my body, relaxing around the present experience. That's it. Yeah, beautiful and such a practice for the rest of life, not just for our pleasure. <laughs> I know. I, know. I always used to say, like, just walk around with this one word, relax. <laughs> relax and let go. The two key, these are the two keys to life because they're the two keys to orgasm. Relax and let go. So easy, so hard. Yeah. The biggest breakthroughs for me in my life have come when I fully let go in life self-service birth when I let go of a relationship let go of my job let go of my city moved countries with nothing in my wallet I've heard that story before you know you hear that story people just like leave their life behind and then their life begins and um and and this idea of just just relax it's all it's all gonna work out or it's all taken care of or trust yourself just yeah. so easy so hard <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i'd love to finish hearing something around this this new body of work that you're birthing the the inter, interstellar sex <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this um this work i got i guess I, I i put this iteration this work out three years ago and i i hadn't i hadn't received that i say received because a lot of this work um is actually channeled. So I hadn't received this information three years ago. And then um, two years ago, I did another version of it. And I, I was starting to research the, the alternative versions of, of, of Mary Magdalene and, and looking at um, kind of humans in the world who've had supernatural experiences, people who've, you know, the Siddha yogis, and I started to explore human potential. And I think that this is related to human potential. When we start to access this level of sexual energy, it can be used for healing, healing others, healing ourselves, it can be used for growth and manifestation. But I still hadn't quite experienced it in my body. And then this experience for me happened in 20, end of 2019, 2020, I met um, a beautiful love and he was not trained in any of the sexual arts, but he was a very sensitive person. And so I gave him a few 
um, very simple things to do. And together we experience this um, otherworldly state of lovemaking. It was a very moving experience for me and life-changing. And it brings me to tears when I think about it. Um, that relationship had to end because he was 17 years younger than me. And we had to really be honest about, about how long we wanted to go deeper with each other because we were just so, we were falling in love, but we were also so afraid of the future. So we, we decided that we needed to end it, which is <laughs> kind of a big, one of the big current tragedies in my life is that we couldn't take it any further. We were, we were exploring this for about eight months. But it was enough for me to know the process and to understand the elements and for me to be able to transmit this. Um, and so the, the program called Rapture is really an exploration and it always has been. This is understanding the energetics of sex. So it's probably not a beginner's program. We're entering into the world beyond the physical. So the idea that the first step is healing and the second step is understanding what you like and how you want to be touched and, you know, feeling sovereign in your body. And then the third step is moving beyond the physical and into the larger aspect of who we are, which is the energetic, the non-physical, which, you know, in spiritual traditions, this has been taught about forever. Um, and it's quite hard to have, it's hard to grasp because we can't see this, we can't even measure it, we can only feel it. So a large part of this work is, is moving beyond what we, beyond technique and into the subtle body. And, um, and, and so it's developing the sensitivity and attunement to the subtle body that, um, that is the ultimate experience ultimately what's occurring during cervical orgasm when you move beyond the physical body into the energetic so I mean I have fun with it it's <laughs> and I think like no matter where you're at in your sexual journey there's something in it for you because I think we can all learn how to how to feel more and how to become more sensitive um, so that's what we're up to that's our next program is exploring you know, how to really feel just the, the, the ref, a refinement in our, in our sensing. Um, yeah. And is that a journey that people will go on in the course individually or can they go with lovers, partners? Uh, it's all about self at the moment. Okay. Yeah, I haven't got on. I haven't got on to because I feel like there needs to be like a men a men's program or a people with penises program, and then a couples. <laughs> At the moment, it's just like let's just deal with me, and then what I bring into my relationship. Because I actually do speak about, you know, if you're when you're with a partner, like I do refer to that. Yeah. But my most my most important mission is that we have this empowerment with ourselves. You know, I was at, I was with a body worker the other day, and it was a classic experience of like I had a big energetic awakening opening, and I said, "Oh, I want to practice this at home. Do you think that's possible?" And he said, "No, I don't know because it's because of what I, I'm doing. Some things that's allowing that that to happen in your body," and I'm just like, mm, "No, no, 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 no." What's happening in my body is because of me. And I want to really separate ourselves out from the other. That whatever happens inside of you, somebody else might be assisting and facilitating something inside of you. But unless, if you're not sensitive, if you're not like, you know, doing the work or if you're not like owning your pleasure and learning how to interact with you, then it doesn't matter what they do because it's like the guy touching my numb cervix. He could have stimulated that for as long as he liked, but as long as I was numb. So, so to remember, like, it's like you're the source of what you experience. And so, yeah, Rapture is, is about cultivating this experience and, and feeling what we can feel for ourselves. And then we come together with a lover and we realize how much sensitivity we need to be able to access. So if you're with a partner who is applying a lot of stimulation, a lot of, a lot of kind of, yeah, 
stimulation, I guess would be the way to put it. I'm trying not to be too heteronormative. A, a hetero kind of um, example would be cock in vagina pumping in and out. <laughs> it's too much stimulation to be able to, to feel the, the very, very fine, subtle things that are going on inside of your body. So we need to feel what is inside of us. And then we can guide a partner to slow down or stop or move or stop or slow down for us to be able to feel. And the whole partner thing, that's an entirely big, huge conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful place to start to draw this to a close. And the, 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 the power of our own experience and that we are our own yeah. source. So yeah. Thank you. And I'd love to finish with a couple of little questions. One is I'd love you to share a practice that you do that is really important, something that you do that might be something that's inspiring for listeners to hear. Just one small thing that's been one. really important. <laughs> if you could pick one. Well, I suppose the, the, the one important thing is, for me was de-armoring and anybody who's interested can go to my website, selfservix.com, you enter your email and you can receive um, a handout on how to de-armor. And de-armor is basically a tension release. So it's like trigger pointing inside of your own vagina or clitoris where you are like, you know, using pressure or touch to start to awaken sensation. And I think that that was probably the foundation. That's where I began. So that's what I would say has would be one thing like mm. work with a wand you can work with your finger i like a wand because you can get deeper into the tissue you can massage your muscle more um and um yeah so it's about releasing numbness release releasing tension and people who are listening might be quite surprised when they touch inside of themselves it might feel tense it might feel numb there might be stringy bits lumpy bits but they might feel free and completely free yeah yeah thank you and I think that's so important as well for what you share about that it's really important for us to have that experience with our own fingers because mm -hmm. it's 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 a, such an important part of the healing and learning journey as well um as, as using as using the wands and you sell the beautiful ones the release ones you can find yeah. them on your website as well and a final question this is a sexy life podcast so what does living a sexy life mean to you whoa <laughs> God, i feel like i feel like i'm always involved in this conversation so <laughs> work it's like very intertwined living a sexy life okay let me just feel into that one for a second you know what living a sexy life for me is like looking at i ask myself the question if I was fully loving myself right now, what would I do? And often the answer is leading me towards more freedom or more pleasure or more ease. So if I'm feeling stuck in, stuck in area, any area of my life, I just might do a little journal entry. If I really loved myself right now, what would I do differently? Mm. And it leads to this beautiful expansion and I know that doesn't seem sexy, <laughs> but actually the results are pretty sexy when you look at them. Mm, thank you. That's such a big, beautiful question. <laughs> thank you so much. And where can people find you on social media? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, self-cervix, or um, you can find me selfservix.com. And there's a lot of things there you can download for free and a lot of information that we've been talking about here yeah brilliant and i'll share all your links in the show notes you've got a fantastic instagram account so really recommend people visit that and also for any of your readers before june um we're in 2022 if they want 10% off any of their courses um i've given you a discount there so amazing we'll share that around as well thank you so 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 much for your time today it's just been so gorgeous to dive more into this topic and thank you for this incredible body of work that you're bringing into the world thank you so much sarah thank you so much for letting me share it with your people
Terima Thank you for listening to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast with me, Sarah Rose Bright. I support women and couples across the globe to truly enjoy sex and pleasure and to create or deepen intimate relationships that are passionate and purposeful, happy and healthy, and I'd love to support you. You can book a complimentary call via my website at sarahrosebright.com to find out if my approach is right for you. And check out my website for information about my one-to-one coaching programs and any current workshops, group programs and retreats that I'm running. Wherever and whenever you are listening, wishing you a beautiful day.